Toast Taste Series 2, number 5. Toast Taste Series number 1 was abandoned when Boer found the hidden cameras. Without the long-term observation of the subject, Series 1 posed an interesting alternative that may bypass bypass the observation issues externally. He's never going to buy this, Jeremy. Well, of course he's going to. Can you not see how clever this plan is? It is my best one. Mr. Boer. Yeah. How's it? Uh, okay, you um you you haven't eaten your, your your toast, it seems. Oh, you noticed that, did you? What gave it away? The fact that it's still there? That half the breadcrumbs have now peeled off? Or that I'm sure that <clears throat> this is what convinced you that it's a f camera. You know, it's wor I, I was a little worried you would notice it. What is it then? Is this the inedible special? Is it toast griffy? Is it a like a taste? Go toast, go home. Well, it was more, can you not eat this? <laughs> My names are better. Yeah, they were. Tasting is Dan Shaka Shake from Michael Burr. Uh, what did you learn this week? Guinness World Records. Uh oh, it's about time. Speed section. Uh huh. Of course. Fastest mobile hotel bed. I didn't realize <laughs> that we measured the speed of them, but okay. No, but I mean, I was just thinking, I mean, it wouldn't be a great way to sort of, you know, continue sleeping while you were transported to work. And you know, to set in Dubai in November 2016, they used the Mustang GT chassis of course it is. underneath. Okay. They only got 135Ks now. now. This is a full hotel bed. Pillows, duvet, the works. They only got to 135. I assume they secured the pillars and everything down because at that speed you, you ripped, I mean. Well, there were people in it holding it down. Okay, okay, all right, fine. That must be aerodynamic drag. It, it must be purely just the fact that it's not an aerodynamic. On a Mustang GT. I was thinking it must be the fact that the bed is flat on top. So you're like, you're, what you'd normally have as the air loads over the bonnets of a car and the splitting and the downforce form of the windscreen, that would all be gone. True, yeah. Although and, the Mustangs are, rear, are they all-wheel or rear-wheel? I think rear-wheel drive. Yeah, so... Americans don't know how to make a front wheel square around. They got them to steer left. They're working on right. Apart from the awesome J-turns in reverse. That's US steering. Can it do an awesome J-turn in reverse? Then it's an American car. 130 kilometers per hour. That's, it's... I think if you were exposed, I mean, you think... It also you think just... wing walkers on yeah, biplanes yes, and stuff yeah. that's only a little faster than that and there you've got stuff to hold on to. Um, if you mm. stick your arm out of the window at 120, and that's 120, most of us are used to driving at 120 in Joburg, where the air density is not what it is in Durban. You can definitely feel the difference in, in drag. I think there's just the downright dangerousness of it. Okay, you're on a bed. Obviously, they must have had some form of ah, safety restraints through the, through the car yeah. type thing yeah. to, to keep you to it. Um, but you know, you, you're right. You, it, if, if you had the mattress down to prevent it lifting, because everyone has seen someone with a mattress strapped to a <laughs> car where the front bit lifts up, huh? like an old-fashioned uh, Beano cap. Um, so, you know, it's one of those things. I just thought of that and I thought 135Ks an hour. <sighs> Again, it's a world record, but why is it so slow? And then it's, you know, immediately you think about it. If, if you were in your bed 
open exposed air everything is going to flap like hell mm-hmm. um, I assume the people in the bed weren't controlling it that wasn't quite clear but I think that I think it was done like a Mr. Bean thing yeah, where the yeah, steering yeah. was was yes. up through the top so um, you know obviously there's a you've changed the CG but I mean a Mustang is quite wide but the bed that they used was a, a standard like double or queen hotel bed yeah, it yeah. was quite a big thing up on top um, anyway it's just one of those, no, those interesting I mean, things that it's, it's also like the other one I'd take it to is it's the top speed in terms of aerodynamic drag but it also depends how long a track they had because in your acceleration, if your weight is lower, and it's a bit, it's, they're not as heavy as a car chassis. That's right. You, you're not going to be able to take this thing and then use a racing track on it because it's unsuitable. It oh, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. So you've got to find yourself long straight roads or disused runways or something like that. And then mm. there's a case of you need to accelerate, but you are probably, well, you could go and practice this a couple of times and you could tighten the straps and stuff it, and you could get your acceleration to be higher and higher and higher. Well, no, the, the problem is, is that because your weight's lower, your load on your tires is therefore your normal force is lower. So you're going to have your tires slip at a lower speed. So acceleration and braking is a problem. There's also the thing that, uh, you know, it's me, so I didn't go and read the entire no, sure. set of yeah. Guinness World Record yeah. rules. But you, I, I'm sure it's like a world speed record. You need to maintain that speed for a certain period of time, which at whatever 30 or 32 or whatever meters per second that chews up 100 meters every three seconds yes, so yeah. if you did have a kilometer long track you know you could only be there for a certain number of exactly, seconds you yeah. probably need to maintain that speed and then probably do two runs in the opposite direction yes, yeah um so there's probably all of that which is down to mm. quite possibly just the length of of stuff available and weather conditions mm. and crap like that all right cool awesome so in the previous episode, we talked about the second year design project for 2023. We are now in the third episode, um, looking at the third years. We've scheduled that very carefully. Yes. Um, so what is your students for the third year errors? What are they doing? Okay, so it's, a, it's an iteration and improvement on what they've done before, but it's effectively a broadly defined uh, problem for mm-hmm. to get them going. And that's just the, the case of design. It, it differs slightly to what the, me- the, the mechanicals end up uh, needing to do. Mm. And that's because at third year level, you get second years, which effectively it's a case of what is an aeroplane and you've got to yes, run through, yeah. you've got to run through like the complicated atmosphere <laughs> and then you've got to like, okay, how wings work and the different kind of engines and you know, yeah. all the performance type stuff. There's a lot of groundwork to do. Mm. So what they'll be doing is in the, the intro to aero assignment, which is the analytical side of, of design, that's the calculate the performance mm-hmm. of a bundle with a rubber, you know, rubber duck engine and calculate how fast it goes and accelerates yeah. and turns and, and stuff like that. That is linked to the new wind tunnel lab, which is glider performance. Cool. That's for mechs and aeros, but it's all very elementary with a little little foam fly thing. And then they're onto this design thing where the students have already picked their weapons. Um, they've picked <laughs> aeroplanes which have not been analyzed by anyone at the t- yes. before for yeah. this particular thing. And they've had to identify a minimum of three competitors. Mm-hmm. And the design project is to improve the performance of their chosen aircraft against their competitors or well, just that's uh, where they might realize that they, they they pick the competitors before they get stuck into the design project yeah so at that stage you might realize that the competitors that you had don't really compete you might have picked them because they had the same take of weight or yeah. the same they looked similar or something yeah. like that but they might not do the same kind of mission mission performance mm. um so for design the first thing is have you got the use you know the user set and, and everything correct have you set the playing field correct or do you need to chop and change and add so that's basically step number one 
Um, the other thing which is a slight uh, improvement from previous years is that the students have to identify uh, a more extensive set of users and the other thing they have to do is use the introduced somewhat last year mm. but not, not, not compulsory the new uh, sort of ratios for criteria where you have um, specific ratios where you actually determine what the ratio is as opposed to the tabulated guessing game where I reckon this one would be that one without any proof being Oh, added. okay, okay, yeah. yes, yeah. So um, something to, you've said uh, A is better than B, prove it, basically. That's right. So yeah. effectively, all the criteria for, for a performance-type design, which is different to your, let's call it some aspects of conceptual design, which are still to come, mm. but in terms of making it better, it's all a case of the criteria are proven using little tiny graphs with slopes and sure. things. Um, I mean, to be honest, in any criteria, you, you can't, you don't just arbitrarily make it up. The, the reason that we require analysis, say, especially when it comes to the aircraft design, is you can't just take it arbitrarily. This is performance of delta wing. Yes. This is performance of glider wing. Therefore, my, my high aspect ratio, 10 aspect ratio glider is therefore better than my... Um, yes. Delta wing. You, you can't just say automatically that's the case. You have to do your specific calculation for your specific case. Yes. Um, the students are also, uh, a, a slight change from previous years, is that they're doing um, the problem analysis mm. and the URS and their predicted design methodology. That is all coming in as a poster cool. at the end of quarter one nice. before they get stuck into the, the, the nuts and bolts of it. And then what I've got is... Um, in the report, there's obviously going to be the specification section where in this particular year, um, the students are specifically focusing on the specifications before and after all of these integrated, mm. and there are integrated changes um, to the systems. But the specifications are effectively split up to the mission specifications and then the machine specifications, the entire thing, um, where you might have tweaked wings and mm, stuff like that. Mm. And then there's the more detailed of how the integrated system specifications are, are done. So there are three different levels to the specifications. But that's in the report. And one thing which is coming into the report is that they are doing a 90-second video of the specifications running through it as a sales pitch. Nice. So cool. here you are, original designers, and this is what has happened to make your design whenever it was uh, in, in history done. And that's that's basically the semester one um, projects. You want to run through your one and then we can yeah, talk about semester yes, two? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so semester one is, um, again, it's, it's also, we're also going for a broadly defined, uh, it's for the mechanicals, uh, a broadly defined problem rather than complex. Um, students in terms of problem, they're, they're, it's the project has also been split similar to the areas in that there's a, a, a submission in the first block, and then we've got a, a block two submission. Um, They've got to identify a problem regarding a sport that has a vehicle of sorts. And then over and above that, performance related. So we're not looking at safety, we're not looking at marketing. Is this a vehicle which is actively used in the sport or a vehicle which is um, used in the general stuff? Like, for example, filming, cycling. Um, okay, yeah, so it, the sport, all I've said is the, um, the sport cannot be fictional. 
Okay. All right. And it must be appropriately governed. So you can't make up your own sport. To okay, right. It. And, and the reason I say it must be governed is that there needs to be rules. There does have to be a rule set. Um, otherwise, if it's too open set, the problem starts to become complex, certainly if you go yes. back to a couple of episodes yes, yes, back yes. there. So let, let, let's, let's help you by saying it needs to be governed in that way. And I mean, other examples of sports I've said, I mean, we've got motocross, off-road rally racing, Formula V, Olympic kayaking, because it doesn't have to be a powered vehicle per se, well, drag right, racing, nice. tractor pulling. Yes. And I'm also not saying that every group has to have unique vehicles if they want to do it, but it's just they can't work they yes. can't work together sort of thing so you can't have the exact same problem for tractor pulling okay. so what do they have to do once they've got this okay so so that the, effectively that's that first submission is identify and establish and really define this is what the problem is and therefore this is what the design needs to do and the unpacking how the sport works and how the vehicles work essentially as part of all the problem um, in identifying what the problem is the refined problem is yes. they have to unpack it anyway yes, in the first fine. place and then I mean when we haven't got any videos or anything like that I'm in, in hindsight maybe I would have wanted to do that but it's now setting up I've planned it out um, it's basically just a design of a vehicle that allows to compete in that environment okay. so we're not talking about a modification we're not saying take an existing tractor for tractor pulling an existing kayak and stuff design a, a, a new one well, actually I suppose depending on the nature of the problem I suppose you could but there needs to be sufficient scope in, in showing off your design and, and effectively I guess you're looking for the, the basic systems being integrated at yes. an appropriate level to, uh, so to it, start it, a So it would year. be, and I, I'm always hesitant with the term, but it, it'd be a preliminary design. It would be a preliminary design. Now, sort that, of that, yeah, that doesn't... Artistic sketch, which can be done in CAD with calculations, like this is how much power, exactly. how much torque, wheel, diameter, yes. you know, the, those sorts of things. It doesn't mean that a preliminary design doesn't mean you can ignore systems. So it's not, I, I'm Correct. not doing steering, I'll do steering in detailed design. You need to have considered where does the steering come into play if it has a very low impact okay fine we're not having to go into in depth in, in that one but all the systems are there yeah and you would you wouldn't need to do like the impact load on the steering and the no, steering response no, 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 certainly you wouldn't know the inertias of the wheels and and that level of detail yet the the one area that you might have to go into a little bit of detail is if it is an unproven idea you're going forward because at yes. the end of the day, what you're showing is this is a viable solution. Not a detailed solution, but a viable solution to the problem. Right. So if you've got kayaking and you've got some kind of unique propulsion system somehow it fits into the rule, let's say, for example, and it fits into the rules and you've got a unique propulsion system, you'd need to go a little bit further to show that actually works. Yes. You can't just add, ah, it kind of works with this paddle system that goes through a duct and that accelerates the flow and add something like that. Yeah. But because it's preliminary, I can ignore it. Well, no, you haven't actually shown it works and therefore you haven't shown your design as a solution yes. to the problem. So it is on a high level, so we're not expecting FEA too much theory. Uh, CFD or anything of that sort um, yeah, let, let's see what it comes out as so I mean yeah I've, I've got it where if you do if you do any form of mods your your graphical your graphical proof needs to be more than here's the original top view <laughs> and then I've used the pencil and a rule and I've changed the Just wing it, right? it's, it's, yeah. it's got to be you know if, if you're going to chuck it into Excel as an image and yep. then plot your new wings as like a series here's 17 different versions of them and it's whatever you're using appropriate graphical tools for it oh, for just yes. the wing platform yes yeah. but if you're using a different engine then it's a case of well then then cat up something which looks like an engine and cat up that piece of wing and show me the geometry of it and if yep. there's enough air to do it so it's appropriate for something but not yep. not everything 
Yeah, and I mean, my, my typical thing is, you know, you're using a rack and pinion steering system in a vehicle. You're using a standard nose gear conventional yeah. system. Right, I mean, the odds of it not working are, I mean, that's not going to be the thing that causes your design to fail. Correct. It's, it's relatively established technology. But if you've got a nose intake that guides airflow through into the wing and exhausting out yes. the wing, okay, well, let's have a little bit look at what happens when you duct flow through a wing and stuff like that and what effect that Exactly. I mean, that's, yeah, yeah ex exactly right. You decide that, well, for this aircraft to, to have better ground run um, so you can reduce the power and cut down fuel consumption, etc., mm. is to, well, change the angle of the thing on the ground, but you can't drop them you can't drop the suspension at the back you've got to <laughs> jack it up on front um you know there's a case of well come up with something which is a representation of what it was and then what it is now and then how it all fits back in that's a kind of level of of, of integration which um exactly. would be similar to what the mech and, and errors we need to do it's, for semester one it's just not an excuse to say i don't have to do calculations because it's preliminary that, that's that's right and obviously we're, we're we're always encouraging um i mean i'm going for my standard thing of an early bird complete submission submitted mm -hmm. early gets extra extra I, stuff I, it's a complete submission i think That's i've got something I, i've also got something of that sort i only of had one taker last year so i i, I thought oh, everyone's gonna get 10 percent for jam i had one take and got like three percent extra or something yeah no it's I, I, also, I mean, I've also got a, the, the students and they submit early this 10% bonus. There's certain... definitely going to be more T's and C's in your brief than that. <laughs> I, I, I like to, to, to try It's and... got to be less than 15,000 words or fewer than 10 typos, etc. Et et <laughs> it's got to mention the awesomeness of left drivers at some point. <laughs> Oh, you know me quite well then, don't you? Um, yes, yes, there, there are those sort of things, but yeah. Okay, what have you got idea and plan then for second semester? So in second semester is the big preparation for uh, fourth year project. So the students, uh, during the uh, post-exam vacation, uh, that's where they need to go and unpack a problem. Or potentially, actually, post-exam vacation, they're finishing the design projects, potentially. They are, but they're also working <laughs> on the second one, which is my double encouragement of, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you've been dished up two main courses, don't let the one get cold, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so they've, they've got to work on on, on, on identifying, identification of a, a problem. It's, it's, it's complex, but it's fixed in a way in that because they're aero students, it needs to be one where the probable solution is in a flying type solution mm -hmm. but it doesn't have to be i've had students okay. that do all kinds of you know high speed ground based stuff yeah. I and mean, aero design is involved everywhere so it doesn't yeah. have to be yeah. it's just if you you know are, are quite keen on fighter jets and try and find something where there's a yeah. an un, unsolved uh, fighter yes, jet problem definitely. so you can you know you're not going to pick what you need to do but you've got to prove it and then you've got to do extensive uh, self-analysis of the problem to draft a proposal that proposal then comes in those are then allocated out to other students in the class mm -hmm. which have supplied similar category proposals and those i keep as generic like you know some some of the solutions are definitely an unmanned it's the solution is an unmanned thing because yes. of whatever it happens to be um versus the logistics and transportation and then that can be anything that can yeah. be whatever that's all the same sort of stuff and then there's things like you know military defensive stuff which could include the unmanned stuff as well it's all in one sort of category mm. um so basically three of them and um then those get issued out to students and the students get allocated a peer supervisor in the class cool and then they have to take that proposal as written and Markets 
and then fix it and then they submit that as their own and then that's the project which they do for the entire um, semester. It's based on a miniature sort of fourth year project so it's you know 50 to say 70 hours worth of of work mm -hmm. um, compared to the 400 in, yes, in fourth year yeah. so it's a real knockdown yes, version yeah. of it. Um, but the main thing is uh, quite a lot of the, the, the problem um, identification stuff is done for the proposal. Obviously, once you start going through the different systems, there's more and more that you add to it, as we all know, because yes. um, design is that repetitive chain linking built and then platting <laughs> chains and then linking chains. And before you know it, you've got yourself a nice <laughs> pipe of steel awesomeness <laughs> going in the direction as opposed to a bundle of crap on the floor. Yes, yeah, and um, they work during the semester there. Uh, and, and then they submit the report and a poster. Yeah. And then there obviously are the exam equivalent assessments, which are uh, five parts on basic design theory. Mm. So there's problem ID, there's URSs, there's concept generation, there's um, concept development, and then there's detailed design. Those are the five things. Those are then timed during the semester um, before key milestones in the project to try and help students. You know, what is a URS? How do you do it? do a bloody exam on it and then yeah, you should be fine for exactly. what you need to, uh, need to do. What are your lot doing? I have no idea yet. Okay. So the, the whole way I, I sort of plan it out is there are certain key points I want. Schmoozing time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, to a degree. Um, That'll check things. how many people listen to this. <laughs> it doesn't, the thing is, it actually doesn't really matter right now because what happens is... Hey, Mr. Sheckman, <laughs> I've got an idea for you. Get out of my office. Um... <laughs> I'm going to get to a point eventually, I promise you. <laughs> so, I'm looking, can students identify a problem? Can they undertake a design development involving optimization, iteration? Yes. Can they do detailed design? Those are the three key things I want to sign off at the end of the year after the course. It depends how they do in their first project. If, I mean, they've got two chances of problem identification. The yeah. first assignment and then the, in the second project, they've got chances to refine it and revise it or whatever the case is. If they've shown by the end of that, the class has a good grasp of problem identification, I tend to then shift the second project so that I basically give you a problem. So there Okay, is, so it could be a common class it, thing. Similar to last year, we had the bobsled. So in, the, right. in semester one, they had, for the most part, demonstrated they could identify a problem. So let me give you a problem. You've got to refine it, so I don't give yes. it to you exact. There is still some refinement. Last year, it was uh, determining what is meant by a competitive bobsled. Right. Um, so it's refining that definition and, and determining what it all means. So that, and hopefully that is the way it goes this year. If not, right, well, because it's, it's very poorly shown across the class as a group, I can't say individually students are actually grasping problem identification. So the problem then shifts a little bit. Um, it becomes an issue because it is a limited project. We only got, I think, in semester I've calculated it's about a 68 hour to 70 yeah. hour project. So you've got to be careful how much time you're expecting to be put into problem identification. Yeah, because the time a, a, does aspects. tick by and lots of other things. But then we've got do. also similar to you, we've got the, well, I call them mini assignments. They are the CTAs. Potato, um, potato. Exactly. Um, and those then can be used to, if it looks like there's a problem identification issue, those are shifted much more towards detailed design yeah. with analysis and stuff. So if you don't like detailed analysis in, a, in an assignment, short-term assignment better do well in project one because I would say well, one thing which which could work quite nicely mm. but you're right it does all yes everything does hinge on 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 how students do in semester one yeah and obviously you know design is the most important course that oh, there hands is. Down, I mean easily, it's yeah. uh, that's what it allows you to be an engineer um, 
but here, here's just a like a random random idea similar to the bobsleigh yeah what if what if uh, you either come up with one or as a class exercise at the end of semester one or early semester two is to come up with some collective concepts on an on a novel motorsport and then so that, that, that that's obviously oh, yeah. oh I see it there that was the elephant in the room that was behind <laughs> you over there you sneaky bastard it, it, it is the potential that, that that could come about depending you know if the the as a class I yeah. can see there's good demonstration of preliminary design cool and then let's just handle that in a two to three lecture session yes cover a new one and then we can the project two can just be a more detailed design focus and stuff um, yeah, because I mean, in, any any semester one project in in third year is about building a house out of big bricks. Yes, like five Duplo blocks, and you have yourself some walls, and then yeah. you can just like put a, a thing to protect you from rain. The project in the second semester is to do a much more kind of granular type thing, where you use more bricks, so you can have more pretty windows and better definition of the insides and yeah. then the practice for fourth years where the house is made out of like grains of rice that are all beautifully glued together in a matrix You're looking form. at your cement quality and stuff between and how you yes. get your ground for your tiles and blah, 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 blah. Yes, because obviously these third year projects, they are the final That's major... That's it. That's th it for it design. It is the major development. There is still development that occurs in fourth year in terms of... Um, Analytical skills. Analytical skills and, and a extra identification of, of problems of, yeah. of problems but but for synthesis synthesis certainly and the the base skills you need in order to tackle those aspects in fourth year third year is it that's it it's done so you're not getting through third year unless you've demonstrated you've got those skills of problem identification the, the basics of de developing a solution and then i mean you've certainly got it with the design specification actually selling me doing a pitch sale of this is what the solution is um is it actually working or not that that's yeah. there all right well yeah so let's see how it goes we may have a a, a another episode of this in june where we talk we'll about have that. a rant yeah i i, I mean i'll I was going to call it something else, but definitely, it, it, <laughs> I, I certainly will have a rant. I'm, I'm certain of that. Um, just because, why did everyone go kayaking all of a sudden? I do not know. Um, I was going to say the jagged-eating thing where the where the, the the paddle is connected up with a snorkel that blows bubbles to the bottom to reduce drag. Or you know, it, it's a you've actually. I can see some mechanicals designing a snorkel that like directs the breathing out backwards to produce thrust but it actually requires you to breathe out 30 liters of air a second in order to yes suck it, suck it in slowly and then like hammer it out hard theoretically it works provided the human is completely redesigned uh, please don't do that please i actually do it why not i wouldn't mind to be funny okay cool well thanks so much for listening we'll catch you in the next one cheers